And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds hello everyone i'm carl amari and this is hollywood 360 the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games movie reviews celebrity interviews showbiz news and classic radio shows my co-host is my crabby brother vince amari Pinch hitting for the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Orson Welles stars as Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town who fights crime as the shadow, going back to 1938. But first, Arch Obler presents his sci-fi horror story of a chicken's heart kept alive in a laboratory experiment that goes very, very wrong. Here's the chicken heart. On Arch Obler's famous 1962 Capitol album release, Drop Dead. No short hairs rising? Then permit me to try you with the science fiction type. With all these Sputniks and satellites circling our Earth, and with all this competitive fission and fusion going on, science fiction horror is the very latest. And we are trying to bring you the very latest. Do you remember some time ago in an Eastern scientific institution. They kept a piece of heart alive for weeks on end. Well, I got to thinking, what if that heart began to grow? And grow, and grow, and grow? Hello? Hello, operator, give me Mr. Regan, fast. Hello, Mr. Regan, this is Lewis. Listen, get me a rewrite, man. The thing's still growing. No, Chief, I tell you the truth. The corridor's choked with living, crawling flesh. No, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm telling you the truth. That little piece of flesh has grown until now. It's jamming that building all inside the space of an hour. You've got to believe me. It's the greatest news story of the generation, and here you argue with me. I tell you, it's the truth. You've got to believe me. You must believe me. I tell you, the only hope is to burn the building to the ground at once. Now, wait a minute, Doc. Wait a minute. Take it easy. I tell you, burn it to the ground. Burn. And I tell you, take it easy. I sent in a call. Oh, don't you understand? For some reason, I cannot even imagine. This tissue is doubling in size every hour. Do you know what that means? In another hour, it will be twice the size it is now. And long before that, it will break open the building with the force of its pressure. And then it will be free in the street. Do you hear me? Free in the street. And then those those tentacles of protoplasm stretching out to feed on anything they can reach. What's happening? The building! See the walls! Cracking! I warned you! I warned you! Is free. Hey, 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 hey
Gentlemen, 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 come to order, please. Gentlemen, please. Quiet, quiet, please, please. Please now, as mayor, no one realizes more than I do the necessity of immediate action in curbing this unspeakable, unbelievable emergency. Right, and I assure you, I cut I... the speeches, Mac. That blasted thing is spreading like a forest That's fire. Right. Call the governor. Get the national guard out. Please, wait, 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 please, wait. Here is Dr. Alberts of the Research Institute. Let him speak. Step up here, doctor. Got to do something. Let's see what he says. Gentlemen. It was in my institute this horror began. And if you give me a chance, perhaps I can stop it. What is it, Doctor? Tell us first what yeah, that monster Doc, really what? is. Yes. Yes, I will tell you. That great, ever-growing mass of flesh, it is, or it was, a chicken heart. Chicken oh, heart? Chicken Are you crazy, man? Chicken heart is crazy. Yes, yes, chicken heart, I tell you. Chicken heart. Listen to me, you fools. Listen, listen. I tell you, that mass of flesh was a chicken heart, the tissue of which, for some reason, is undergoing constant, rapid, accelerating growth. With every passing hour, its growth is doubling. Do you know what that means? If it is now one block in size, within 30 hours, that cannibal flesh will have increased in size to one square block to the 30th power. In 30 hours, every inch of this whole city will be crushed under that moving flesh. Within 60 hours, it will have covered the entire state. Within two weeks, the entire United States. You ask for the National Guard. I say, call out the entire army. Blast this thing off the air. Ready, Chief? Pumpers are ready, all hoses coupled up. We'll flood that thing with water from all angles. All right, here's the signal. Open them up! Full blast! Chief! Look out! That flash! It's Run. reaching out! Get back, everybody! Everybody back! The fools, what good is water? I told them. The only hope is artillery. Bombs. All National Guardsmen, report to your armories. All National Guardsmen, report to your armories. General mobilization order. Battery in position, sir. Commence firing on the hour. Yes, sir. Ten. Five. Five. Zero. Commence firing! Fire! Useless. It has grown too large, and it grows too quickly. The flesh is already engulfing the guns. They came too late. You all right now, Dr. Alberts? Yes. Yeah, yes, I'm all right, Mr. Lewis. I'm all right. Well, I sure am glad I located you. I stalled as long as I could, another ten minutes, and we couldn't have taken off. That blasted protoplasm, or whatever it is, was sucking at the wheels by the time we left the ground. Yes, as I saw. 5,000 feet. Well, we'll cruise around up here for a few minutes and then head west. It will do no good. You can't mean it. It, it must stop growing sometime. It must. Look at it down there. A gray blanket of evil covering everything. See how the roads are black with men and women no. and their children running for their lives. See how the protoplasmic gray reaches out and engulfs them. See Stop how... it! Stop talking like that! We'll get away! 
the government, they'll send bombing planes, poison gas. No hope. Listen to me, Lewis. You remember only a handful of days ago, you asked me my prophecy of the end of the earth? You remember my answer? Oh, such a scholarly prophecy. Cessation of earth rotation. Mighty-sounding astronomical theories. But now, this is reality, Lewis. The end has come for humanity. Not in the red of atomic fusion. Not in the glory of interstellar combustion. Not in the peace of white, cold silence. But with that, that creeping, grasping flesh below us. <laughs> it is a joke, hey, Lewis? A great no. joke. The joke of the I... cosmos. The end no. of mankind. Why? Because of a chicken's heart. No! No, we won't die. I can't die. I'll find a safe landing somewhere. I'll find a place where... The motor, it's cut out. We're in a spin. I can't get out of it. I told you, doomed. No, no. All mankind, doomed. No. We're falling right into it, into the heart. You know what, bro? That really breaks my heart. It does. <laughs> <laughs> That's the chicken heart. Uh, another little scary radio uh, vignette by the great Arch Obler. You know, Arch Obler, um, he didn't invent Lights Out. He came in, you know, was already created by Willis Cooper. He took it over, but he really made it his own. I mean, he really brought it through its best years. I think he took it over in like 1942 and took it through the ironized yeast years on CBS. Some of the scariest radio shows you ever um, you ever heard, and we play them every once in a while here. Um, but in the in the early 60s, he decided I'm going to take some of my best stories and condense them and bring in a lot of the actors that I worked with, including Harold Perry. You will hear Harold Perry a little later in the show. On one of these. Gildersleeve? Yeah, Gildersleeve. I know your favorite. And then, but if you listen to these, the people that are in these episodes, they are people from the golden age of radio that he uh, employed on this album called Drop Dead. It had a skull. It had a skull on the, I had this album as a. Really? Oh, yeah. And it had a skull on the, on the cover. And, um, and all of these, we're playing them all on Holly, uh, Hollywood 360 this uh, this week. So I hope you enjoy that. All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's uh, The Shadow, so stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. It's nice co-hosting the show with my crabby brother, Vince. Oh, thank you. Yeah, do you still have the uh, sweatshirt I bought you that has uh, Oscar the Grouch on it? You know, I don't know where it is. What? I don't. I, I wish I did. Are you kidding me? Even if I had it, do you think it would still fit me? Oh, probably not. You might have to let it out in sides a little. Yeah, let it weigh out. Uh, I remember uh, walking uh, in New York City and seeing an official um, Sesame Street store. Uh-huh. And I went in there and I bought my crabby brother an Oscar the Grouch. It was a green sweatshirt. Yeah. yeah. And presented it to him and it became one of his favorite pieces of uh, outerwear. Yeah. Tire. My favorite piece and of And so attire. you don't know what happened to it. I huh? don't. Oh, I don't. Man. No. Wow. I have to get you another I one. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I have to get you another one. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for the shadow. Orson Welles was radio's first Lamont Cranston alias The Shadow. Did a great job. Agnes Moorhead was the lovely Margot Lane. Um, and, of course, uh, Lamont Cranston was uh, the shadow. He fought for law and order. He could cloud your mind so that you were invisible. Uh, well, that he was invisible to them. Yeah. This is called The Message from the Hills, and it is a May 22nd, 1938 broadcast. Orson Welles stars along with Margot Stevenson. She plays the lovely Margolene on this. Here's part one now of The Shadow. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> the shadow knows. Ladies and gentlemen, the shadow will be with you in a moment. But first, have you heard the big news about the non-skid tire sensation that protects you against the danger of skidding as never before? This new Goodrich, Silvertown, was turned over to the nation's largest independent testing laboratory, the Pittsburgh Testing Laboratory. Test this new kind of tire against the regular and premium priced tires of America's six largest tire manufacturers were the ordered. And here's what the impartial engineers found. The new Goodrich, Silvertown, gave greater skid resistance than any other tire tested, even those priced at from 40% to 70% more. Furthermore, this new Silvertown averaged 19.1% more non-skid mileage than the other tires tested in its own price range, which means you get every sixth mile free. And remember, the Goodrich, Silvertown, offers you both Lifesaver Tread skid protection and Golden Ply blowout protection at no extra cost. The shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Using advanced methods that may ultimately become available to all law enforcement agencies, Cranston is known to the underworld as the shadow. Never seen, only heard, as haunting to superstitious minds as a ghost, as inevitable as a guilty conscience. The Shadow's true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, 
The Message from the Hill. Hand me that map, Jake. Yeah, okay, boss. Spread it out on the table, Jordan. Okay. Now, let's check the whole thing once more. All right. Now, here's the blooming desert island we're camped on right now. Yeah? It ain't so much bigger than that dot at that. Oh, shut up, Jake. And here's Swanio Island. Right, oh. There's Mount Raleigh and that blessed diamond rind right smack in the middle. See, Jake? Three weeks in the coast and government house by trail. Isolated, you might say. All right, Limey. Is our plane in good shape? Top hole. You sure you can find that mountain? Well, I've run up there often enough. Limey, we don't want to get tangled up with the mining company's plane. We won't. The plane goes up from the coast on Friday, comes back on Saturday. We pays our little visit to the diamond mine in between. You're sure they ship the diamonds out every three months? Listen, Jordan. I've worked with those fat-headed birds for over a year. I know. Well, looks foolproof to me. And there's enough diamonds in one of them shipments to keep us all like aristocrats. Are the rest of the native boys in good shape, Jake? Yeah, boss. The cream of the South Seas. They can fight? They may have to. That blasted Major White said, hey, what's the chief? He's a tough old bird, he is. Oh, we'll take care of him. Uh, wonder what he'll say when he sees me again. Well, why worry? He won't talk long. What do you mean, boss? I mean that when we get through and ready to leave... We'll wipe out every one of the white men. That's the ticket, Jordan. Don't leave no witnesses. They'll all be corpses. Thomas Lane at the Mount Raleigh Diamond Mine. Nice standing, Rick, here. Well, thanks awfully, Mr. Cranston. Oh, here comes a nice-looking boy to greet us. It's Ned Fenton, the assistant superintendent of the Diamond Mine. Hi, Ned. Visitors for you. Well, this is jolly. Miss Lane, may I present Ned Fenton? How do you do? How do you do? And Mr. Lamont Cranston, Mr. Fenton. How do you do? Very glad to be here. It's lovely here on your mountaintop. Glad you like it. Let me help you down, Miss Lane. Oh, thanks. All right. There you are. I suppose this is one of the few rarely secluded places left on the Earth's surface. Well, I imagine it is. By the way, Ned, where are the others? Oh, well, Major Whiteside's off in the hills with the three junior engineers. See them all at mess tonight. Leave the mail sack there, Ricky. Tango will haul it in. By the way, how is Tango? Still down in the mouth? Oh, frightful, poor old chap. Who is Tango? And what's the matter with him? Oh, Tango's our houseman, butler, cook, and so on. He... He's mourning for his son who lives on a small island about a thousand miles from here. Poor fellow. When did he hear? Oh, a month ago. Same night he thinks the boy died. But I thought you had no wireless station here. No, we haven't. Then... Uh, Tenga's wife told him by telepathy. Told him? You mean he believes his son dead because of a mental message sent by telepathy? Yes, ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, come now, Mr. Cranston. You don't believe such rot. Well, frankly, I don't think it is all rot. I believe when two minds are in tune, sometimes they can communicate. Across a thousand miles of ocean. From the ends of the earth. Oh, after don't all, I... Don't laugh too loudly, Mr. Fenton. Your disbelief might get a rude shock if you stay in the Orient long. You can never tell what strange things may happen today, tonight. Tinga! Tinga! Oh, confound the fellow. No good lately. You heard about his mourning for his son. Yes, to be sure. You know, I've told Tinga there can't be any truth to his notion, but that doesn't alter his belief. Excuse me, sir. Here comes the old man now. Yes, Master Whiteside. You call? You'll have our coffee now, Tenga. Yes, master. I bring it. A fine old type. A chieftain, I imagine, his own island. Well, I can't say, Mr. Cranston. 
Tinker's a good houseman. That's all I know about him. Major, Ricky tells us that on his flight next week, he takes out your quarterly shipment of diamonds. Yes. Sending off a sizable packet of the stones. They accumulate in three months. Isn't it risky letting them accumulate? I should think crooks might be tempted to line weights and pounds. Oh, nonsense, Cranston. Takes three months to reach us by a trail. Couldn't they take a hint from you and use a plane? Can't see how. There's no plane but ours in the whole island. None nearer than Australia, I should fancy. Major... Now, if you'll forgive me, I'll take a squint at my mail from the office. Oh, of course. You other boys must want to read yours, too. Oh, thanks awfully, Miss Lane. There, there is one from home I'm aching. Well, by Joe. Anything wrong, Major? No, no, nothing wrong. Just use it odd, that's all. I bring coffee now, Master Whiteside. Oh, yes, uh, <clears throat> Tinger. Yes, Master. I have a letter from the office. Message for you in it. The fact of the matter is, your wild guess was right. Your son did die a month ago. Oh, no. Yes, Master, I know. Tinga's wife, tell him boy dead. I say, Tinga, we're awfully sorry. Thank you, Master Ned. Well, I, uh, well, that'll be all, Tinga. We'll help ourselves. You may go. Yes, Master. Tinga, go. Fancy that now. I said that in the East, the unbelievable always happens. Now, will you excuse me? I think I must speak to Tenga, sir. Well, whatever for? I'd like to give the old man a few words of consolation. Oh, I say, that won't do. We never have personal dealings with the natives, Cranston. Bad for discipline, you know. I'm afraid I must ask you to refrain. Why, naturally, Major, if you wish. Margot, supposing you and I go out and look at the moon. Why, of course, Lamont. Lovely tonight. I'll open the screen door for you. Well, what do you think of the Major, Lamont? fine example of a ruler in the empire on which the sun just doesn't set. Not very nice of him forbidding you to speak to Tenga. Oh, I don't mind. At least he can't forbid the shadow doing so. You mean you'll go to Tenga as the shadow? Yes, Margot. Yes. But Lamont, you'll scare the poor old man silly. Lamont! Where are you? Speak to me. It's all right, Margot. I'm on my way to talk to Tenga as the shadow. <laughs> Yeah, the shadow knows, right, bro? Only the shadow knows. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? You know, when you, um, even people that don't know about old-time radio or classic radio, and you were to say, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men, they go, the shadow. Yeah. Right? right? Doug knows. Yes, he does. The shadow knows. We're listening to Orson Welles. Is Lamont Cranston, alias The Shadow, in the message from the hills. May 22nd, 1938. Uh, We'll get back to this uh, episode of The Shadow right after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. My brother and I were talking about sports because uh, we both played baseball growing up. But my brother also played hockey, right? You liked hockey? Yeah, I loved playing hockey, yeah. Yeah. Played yeah. Canada, too, for one summer. Did, really? Really? Yeah. Hockey had uh, a long-lasting impression on you. Made your teeth look like stars, Yeah, right? they, Yeah. My teeth, now they come out at night. <laughs> Did you like hockey? I don't know. I never. I love playing I, it. I could never skate. I can't skate. Well, my so. favorite sport is baseball. Right. But my favorite sport to play was hockey. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I always liked baseball. Well, I love I love baseball, playing it and watching it, but I love playing hockey more than watching it. Yeah. I, I can't watch hockey. You know well, what I can't I can. watch? I can't watch basketball. Basketball, oh, I just forget it. To me, it's just like a boring. I yeah, mean, it's forget like, it. Forget and I can't it. watch golf. I'd rather watch my my fingernails grow yeah. than watch golf. Yeah, I golf's not too bad. It I is just a little can't boring. Watch it, you know, I mean, watch especially it. when they hit the ball and they're panning. You're looking into a white clouded sky. You're looking for a tiny white ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Tough. I don't mind watching a football game once in a while, right? But um, I can't stand watching golf. I don't know. I don't know. I just. Personally, I mean, you know, I know a lot of our listeners love golf, and that's yeah, great. Yeah. And I mean, like, and I know it's a big-time sport. Well, playing it and watching it are two different things. I've never played it. Well, you played it with me a couple well, times. Well, like miniature golf. Oh, no, we, 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 we did. Uh, yeah? Yeah, we did 18 holes a couple times. Really? Yeah, me and you did. Yeah, you forgot how already. Long ago? Well, how long ago? How old was I, 11? No, you were probably 20 years, 25 years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I don't know. You did, I remember. But, um, yeah, anyway, baseball, that's uh, too bad about the Cubs this year. Huh? They're so close. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they, got, far. they got uh, eliminated on after game 161 out of a really? 162 games. Yeah, day yeah. before the season's over. In honor of my brother tonight, I'm wearing my Cubs official jacket because it's so cold in here, isn't it? That's nah, not too cold. bad. You know what have... you could do with that jacket? Yeah. Take it yeah. off and burn it. You have it cleaned and burned? Yeah. Have as, it, as dad used to say. would say. Our dad used to say, yeah. I would say, hey, dad, what do you think of this? He'd say, yeah, go. you should have it cleaned and burned. Yeah, it's a nice shirt. You ought to have it cleaned and burned. <laughs> Our dad. Uh, yeah. We love him and we miss him. All right, we're listening to The Shadow, Orson Welles, along with Margot Stevenson, in The Message from the Hills, March 22nd, 1938. Here's the conclusion. Not be afraid, Tenga. Why should Tenga fear? Many fear the shadow because they cannot see him. The shadow is strange magic. Tenga not understand. But an old man whose son has gone down in the land of dead fears nothing anymore. The shadow weeps for you. The tears of friend are balm to the heart. Not your sorrow greater tonight because the letter has come making your son's death certain. No. Tenga need not white man's foolish letter. The white major does not understand how you could communicate with your wife across the waters. White men do not know wisdom and magic. Some white men know. That may be. I do not know. You do not question the shadow. You do not ask where I come from. No. The young and foolish question. The old take what comes. Soon I shall be gone. 
far away toward the sea. But Tenga, though I am far off, I will still be your friend. Then our souls will speak to each other again when we are troubled. Yes, for when two spirits are in tune, the waters of the earth and the many miles of forest do not part them. They can still meet and speak. Roger backed down and paid for every one of the cows. Oh, how interesting, Governor. Yes, must tell that yarn to Cranston. Yes, indeed. Why, why that's funny. I, I thought he was dancing with Lady Brainford. No, I saw him going to the garden a moment ago. Your friend's a very restless chap, isn't he? Not ordinarily, Governor, but I, I must confess that he certainly has been jumpy this evening. Perhaps the flight back from the hills upset him. Oh, I don't think so, Governor. Well, I- if you'll excuse me, I think I'll go and try to find him. I certainly must listen. Yes? What is it? It's I, Margot Lane. Oh, you, Margot. Yes, what are you doing down here on the beach by yourself? Margot, shh. Listen. Listen? I can't hear anything. Nothing at all. Well, just the waves lapping on the shore. There's nothing else to hear. But there is, Margot. You've just interrupted a very interesting conversation. Interrupted? But Lamont, there's no one here for you to talk to. Who, who was it? Tenga. Tenga? You mean that old native up at the mine? Yes, Margot. But, but... It doesn't seem possible. He's a hundred miles away. In the Orient, Margot, many strange things happen. All evening, I've been restless. I had the feeling someone was trying to speak to me. I came out here to put myself in a receptive mood. Well, what did Tenga say, Lamont? Your coming disturbed me, and the contact was broken. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. And just as you called out, Tenga spoke of danger. Danger? Yes, something to do with the Mount Raleigh diamond mine. Must establish contact with him quickly. Sit down here beside me. Yes, Lamont. Now, clear your mind, Margot. Think of Tenga... Think of the hills about the mining camp. Listen. Shadow. Ah. There. Can you hear him now? Yes. Yes, I think so. Master Shadow. Master Shadow. Tenga calls you, Master. I can hear you, Tenga. I... I can hear too. Tenga... Speak. Tell Shadow. There is danger? Yes, Shadow. White men come to mine. Make war. White men? Strangers? Yes, Shadow. Bad white men. Come rob. Come kill. Where did the strangers come from? Bad white men come in big skybird. An airplane? Yes. They come with gun, money gun. They want rob stones from mine. Yes, Tenga. Master White Stone, fix Skybird. Fix the plane? How, Tenga? Fix so no cannot fly. Bad white man shoot Master for this. Kill him. How horrible. Tenga. How many bad white men are there? Many as fingers on one hand and three more. Eight. They say, kill Master Ned. Kill Tenga. 
kill everyone. Native boys fear. Run to hills. Badman lock masters in house. Tenga call shadow. Bring help. Yes, Tenga, yes. The shadow will bring help. Hi, Master Shadow. Come quick. Hurry. Hurry. He's gone. Come, Margo, quickly. What can you do? Those bandits are stuck up in the mountains. Major Whiteside wrecked their plane. They can't escape. But they killed Whiteside. We must hurry before they kill all the others. Ladies and gentlemen, there's danger ahead for the shadow, and he's ready for the consequences. But who knows what danger lurks in your path as you roll along over a wet, glistening highway? The shadow knows today's high-speed, slippery oil-filmed roads and quick-acting brakes all spell S-K-I-D. Is a treacherous car-spinning skid just around the corner for you, or are you going to play safe? To fight this dangerous hazard that killed and injured thousands of motorists last year... To protect you in the hazard zone of motoring, where a slippery film of water may make complete command of your car almost impossible, Goodrich has developed the new Safety Silvertown with the special skid protection of the Lifesaver Tread. This new development in Tread actually dries wet roads. Its never-ending spiral bars act like a battery of windshield wipers, sweep the water right and left, force it out through deep grooves, make a dry track for the rubber to grip. And remember, motorists, you needn't take anybody's word for how fast this tire will stop you. One free demonstration ride will prove to you that the new Silvertown will stop you quicker, safer than you've ever stopped before, no matter how wet the going is. Many of your friends right here in town have already discovered what it means to be saved by a Silvertown stop. They'll all tell you that Silvertowns below mean greater safety above. Don't take chances. Protect your family your car, and your friends. Ride on the new Goodrich Safety Silvertown Tires. Governor, Governor, you've got to listen to me. I tell you, I know. Ridiculous, Mr. Cranston. But Governor, your friends, those men in the hills, they may be killed. My dear Miss Lane, it's impossible for you to know anything about what's going on up there. Impossible. I told you, Governor, Tenga spoke to us. Please, Mr. Cranston, you can't ask me to believe that. Yes, it's true. I heard Tenga too, Governor. Pure imagination, my dear. Give me a plane and some armed men, then we'll find out if it's imagination. The plane, Mr. Cranston, is for official business only. Not for any silly joyride. But it isn't silly. Tenga called us through mental telepathy, the oldest wireless in the world. Now, Cranston, I think I've listened to this cock and bull story long enough. I'll get back to my guests. Just lend me the plane for... No, I won't lend it to you. And I'll put a guard around it in case you have any crazy schemes about grabbing it. But, Governor, these bandits... The bandits, my dear, are creatures of Mr. Cranston's imagination. Nothing more. Please excuse me. I must give my orders to the guard. You may regret this, Governor. I doubt it, Mr. Cranston. If you ask me... You'd better consult the doctor. Touch of the sun, no doubt. Oh, Lamont, what can we do? Do, Margot. We're going up to that mine. But how? We're flying, taking the plane. But you heard the governor. He's putting guards around the plane. Guards, Margot, have never yet managed to stop the shadow. Say, Corporal. What is it? Sitting in this hangar guarding the plane. 
Ain't it kind of silly? It ain't for you to question the governor's orders. No, sir, but... Well, who's going to meddle with the plane? Never mind that. Orders is orders. Oh, yes. Hey, someone's opening the small door. Who's there? I don't see anyone. Mm. Tain't no one, I guess. Maybe the wind blew the door open and shut. Well, there's no sign of a breeze. Oh, maybe whoever it was saw us and stayed outside. Just keep your eyes on that plane. Yes, sir. Hey, Corporal, look at the hangar door. Well, it's sliding back. Yeah, nobody's near it. Who's there? Answer, I said I'll shoot. I'm afraid you can't hit anything, soldier. Who's who, who Corporal? It's, it's, it's spooks. Yes, my friend, something like that. I'm getting out of here. Blimey, this, this ain't regulations, you know. Leave, leave before it's too late. Yes, sir, I, I'm leaving. Wait, wait Come on, Margot. Coast is clear. Hurry. Oh, those poor soldiers, they're still running. Get in, Margot, before they come back. Yes, I'm with you. I'll run her right through the open door and take off. All right. Shut the door. Yes. Thank heaven this plane's got an automatic starter. Hurry. Strap your belt. Here we go. We're in time, Shadow. Here come some men now. They heard the plane landing. They're strangers and they have guns. No doubt they're the robbers. The plane's a surprise to them. Yes. There'll be another surprise later. They'll be hardly expecting the Shadow. No. Now remember, Margo, you're alone. No one on the coast suspects what's happening here. I'll remember. Be careful, Shadow. Here they come. Don't move! Don't move! Come on, let's drag that pilot out of here, Jake. What's the matter? Hey, boss! It's a woman! What is this? What's the matter? I don't know you. Yeah, let me in there. Why, a girl. Alone. Yeah, look. Hey, what are you doing here, sister? Well, please put down that gun. Answer my question. Well, I, I borrowed the plane and flew up to see a friend, Ned Fenton. Well, your friend ain't receiving, sister. But thanks very much for the plane. Bring her out, Jake. Sure. Come on, babe, and keep those pretty paws up. Very well. There she is. Now, come on, miss. Jump down here. <laughs> this is a hold-up, isn't it? You catch on quick. Climb me. Can you fly this crate? Sure, easy. But I I used up all the gas. There's gas over in that shack, Limey. Fill her up. We'll bump off the rest of these mining guys and get out of here. I'll get the gas right away. All right, Jake. Bring the dame. I want to talk to her. Okay, boss. Come on, you. I'm coming. Let go of my arm. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> so the plane was welcome, was it? I doubt if its invisible passenger will be... No, you killers. You will not like the shadow. <laughs> hey, you. Bozo, what's your name? I, Tenga. Yeah? Well, Tenga, the boss says to get him a couple of drinks. And fast, you hear me? Tenga here. Scram. Pep it up. Who calls? The shadow? Yes, Tenga. I am here. Shadow come to save Master Ned and White Master. Yes, Tenga. 
Shadow promised when he spoke across the mountains. He is here to help. Yes, Shadow. Tell me, where have the bandits put Master Ned and our other friends? They locked in room main bungalow. Chief of robbers in room outside with gun. Take him the drinks he orders, Tenga. The shadow will follow you into the room. Yes, shadow. Drinks ready. Shadow, come. Yes, Tenga. But do not speak to me with others near. No. Tenga knows. Shadow, stay hidden. Lead the way, Tenga. They are in here, shadow. Hey, Tenga, what are you whispering about out there? Nothing, master. Who are you talking to? No one, master. See, no one here. Yeah? Well, come on in here with that bottle. <laughs> Don't grab the poor old man like that. You keep quiet, sister. Hey, boss. The old guy must have money in the bank. He was talking to himself. Tenga, go now. Okay, beat it. And don't hang around outside. If we catch you trying to help those English guys, I'll slit your throat. Tenga, go. How long do you expect to keep me here? Just as long as we want, sister. Maybe we'll take you along when we leave as hostage. I'd rather stay here. There won't be nothing left here, lady, but stiffs. Hey, look, sister. You see that little package on the table? Yes. Well, that's got enough diamonds in it to make us all rich. Sure. Hey, well, what is it, Lammy? I got bad news. Did you fill up the plane with gas? That's just it. While I went for the gas, somebody monkeyed with the works. All three motors. Hey, what goes in? Hey, you, sister. Are you trying to pull a fast one on me? Don't be ridiculous. I haven't been near those motors since I landed. That's right, boss. We've got to fix them motors. I don't know. But we've got to find those missing parts if we're going to get out of here. Well, how about taking parts from our plane? There's nothing left to take. Old Major Whiteside went to work on our motors with an axe. Hey, wait a minute. I'll bet one of them guys in the next room got out and did it. Oh, how could they? With two guards outside the window? Jake, you go with Limey and try to find that stuff. And leave the machine gun on the table. Okay, boss. Come on, Jake. Yeah, right with now, listen to me, sister. Yes? Was there someone hiding here beside you in the plane? Someone hiding? I was not hiding, Jordan, but you could not see me. Who said that? I am the shadow. Shadow? Well, where are you, anyway? <laughs> here, Jordan. Here in the shadows. But you cannot see me. Your plan to steal the diamonds has failed. The devil it has. Look. Look on the table. The diamonds. They're gone. I've taken them, Jordan, just as I took the parts from the motors in the plane. You cannot escape. Shadow, my friends are locked in this room. Get away from that door, doll, before I throttle you. No, my friend, let the girl go. Help! Oh, oh Shadow, you... I knocked him out, Margot. Oh. I must leave things in your hands. I cannot reveal my presence here as the shadow to our friends. But I will be here watching in the shadows. Now... Lock the door and let our friends out. The key is in the lock. Yes. Hurry, men. Come on out. How in the world? Never mind that. Hurry. Take the machine gun yes. over there. You must arm yourself. Right. Well, there's plenty of guns in the closet there. Right Jordan, on. the leader's lying there unconscious, but the others are still free and dangerous. Right Let's have that Tommy gun, Miss Lane. Here it is. We'll give them a reception. Miss Lane, you'd better go in the next room there. There'll be bullets flying in here. All right. Yes. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. We can't find him. Hey, Jake, throw up your hands. What is this? Uh, Hands up, I say. Not me, you... Hey, Ned, has got a pistol. Hey. Yes, that's for Major Whiteside. Now, come on, fellows. Let's get the other. Shadow, are you still here? Yes, Tenga, I'm here. Then you see Master Ned kill bad man? Yes, Ned had no alternative. They tried to fight. Look through the window, Tenga. Another bad man die. 
Others fly towards jungle. They go also to their death. Listen. Native drums. Ah, Tenga. I understand. Yes, master. Boys in jungle know these white men bad. They glad to kill them. Their leader, Jordan, there will live only a little longer. Then he will die at the hands of the authorities. He planned well, but he forgot one thing. Yes, Shadow. He forgot Shadow and Tinga speak together no matter where he is. No matter where I am. Yes, Tenga. And he forgot crime always brings its own penalty. No matter whether justice is brought about by means of mental telepathy, recognized detective forces, or the shadow. You have been listening to a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine. <laughs> the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. That's the shadow. What do you think, bro? You like it? I do. I like. I always like the shadow programs. Yeah? yeah. The Message from the Hills, starring Orson Welles, and Margot Stevenson uh, from May 22nd, 1938. All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's a frightening story on Cabin B-13 from 1948, starring Arnold Moss. But before that... Arch Obler presents two more of his terror tales from his capital release, Drop Dead. That sounds scary, bro. There's no future in it. I know, right? Drop Dead. I mean, Where's the future? There is no future in that. I agree with you on that. Hey, I agree with you, my crabby brother. All right. All right, that's all in our next hour. We'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. (laughs) 